Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the White Witch Podcast with me, Carly. Hope you are all well, witches. On today's show, we are talking all about Yule and the law relating to the Krampus and the 13 lads. But to kick things off today, we have our book review. And today's book is Lunar Living, Working with the Magic of the Moon Cycles, written by Kirsty Gallagher. This book has changed my entire working relationship with the moon. No more Googling for me every month and comparing tons of different sites to discover how each astrological sign is affecting each new and full moon. This book does all the work for me and so far it feels spot on. I've always wanted to go all in working with the moon I've enjoyed books such as Moonology, written by Yasmin Boland, and used a multitude of moon apps. But when I picked up this book, I felt like my wish had been granted. This is a beautiful pinky purple hardback book that now lives on my altar. You may have seen my altar tour recently on my new YouTube page. You can find me under The White Witch Company on YouTube. So this book starts out explaining the moon science, so lunar cycles, the gravitational pull of the moon, the zodiac signs and seasons, science versus magic relating to the moon, transforming your life using the moon's phases, the eight phases of the moon explained, and also zodiac, moon, and sun sign explanations. The Lunar Living Kit in the book references different techniques and strategies you can use to work with the moon, such as creating a soul vision board, intentions, affirmations, visualization, a gratitude practice, mirror work, a brain dump, mind map, shadow work and journaling. I'm going to read you a section relating to this coming full moon in Cancer, which lays out for you the themes within this full moon and how you can harness its power. Full moon in Cancer falls in Capricorn season between 22nd of December and 19th of January. This is the first full moon following the winter solstice and as we enter back into the light, it feels like darkness has been lifted, as though under the light of this full moon you can finally see the truth. Under this guiding full moon light, your path ahead will become clear So use the deep intensity of this full moon to let go of anything standing in the way of what you want to create and achieve for the beginning of the traditional new year. If you tune in and truly feel into your gut feelings, your intuition, your wisdom, your heart, the very depths of your being, everything you need to know will become clear under the heartfelt intuitive guidance of this dreamy full moon. 
The sun is in Capricorn during this full moon. So the themes of Capricorn, such as shaking foundations, long-term visions and ambition will now be highlighted by this full moon with cancer energy added to them. The practical nature of Capricorn will help you make sense of the depths of the emotions stirred by the Cancer Moon, give you clarity about where you are stuck and show you where, how and whom you give your power away to. If you find yourself second guessing and doubting the path ahead, incorporate some mountain goat Capricorn energy to plan and strategize the way forward. Use the Cancer Full Moon to make a clear plan of what needs to change. List all the changes that you would like to make in your life and make a plan of how you can do this. Even if it's long term, use the waning moon to start to let things go. Cleanse your home. As the Cancer Moon is strongly associated with the home, use this moon to release from it anything you no longer need. It's a good time to use a smudge or sage stick to cleanse the energies in your home and to have a clear out of anything that you may have been hoarding. Shed your shell. Use this moon to shine a light on where you have built up a hard shell of protection around yourself for fear of being judged, failing, or not wanting to appear weak or vulnerable. Use the waning moon to allow these structures and parts of you to gently fall away. What to watch out for under a Cancer moon becoming moody and emotionally unpredictable. Avoidance of facing up to things and clinging too tightly to what you know must go. Withdrawing into and hiding in your shell. And a crystal for this moon, pink fluorite for your emotions, carnelian for confidence in moving forward, through fear or moonstone to work more deeply with the moon's wisdom. Every single full new moon goes into the same level of detail. So all I need to do each full new moon is reach for this book. It has helped me build my practice working with the moon. I use this book in its many journal points, writing it out in my book of shadows. My favorite book relating to moon magic, one I definitely recommend as a book you can use pretty much twice a month for years on end. I love this book. It simplifies everything, makes it really straightforward. I actually use it for the work and I feel really confident with it. It's also very pretty. It looks gorgeous on my altar. Beautiful, but practical. Join me after the break to talk all about Yule and Christmas lore, such as the Krampus. Welcome back. So before we get into our next segment in relation to Yule, the 13 lads and the Krampus, I have a quick message from the wonderful That Witch Life podcast to play to you. On our last episode, we reviewed Courtney from the show's book, The Morrigan, an absolute treasure of a book. And here she is alongside her two co-hosts, Hilary and Kanani, to tell you all about their show. 
Three childhood friends dabbled in magic and then scattered to different parts of the world. 20 years later, they're back in their hometown, but now they're full-time witches, witching it for real. Nope, it's not a show on the WB. We are Courtney, Hillary, and Kanani, the hosts of That Witch Life podcast. We are actual witches talking magic, spells, magical mishaps, weird witchy stories, and spooky pop culture. Plus, we interview guests from the witchcraft world. New episodes every Monday, available wherever you get your podcasts. That Witch Life Podcast, your home for living as a witch in today's world. So mote it, witches. So mote that. So that was That Witch Life Podcast, a wonderful podcast. I've just finished listening to their episode with Rachel True, who was from one of my favorite films, The Craft, the original version. So without further ado, let's talk all about Yule and the folklore surrounding it. There is another Yule episode I issued out a year ago, all about Yule and Christmas witches, if you haven't already listened to that too. So I must admit, I'm not a fan of the winter months. As a summer baby who loves being outdoors and in my garden, I struggle. I used to need to battle that old seasonal adjustment disorder. This is a chemical reaction in the brain. It's caused by the lack of sunlight and it decreases our serotonin levels. So as I've got to know my mind better, I appreciate how important it is for me to get out in nature every day, come rain or shine to counteract this. The winter months create an instinctual desire in us to slow down and rest, sleep, eat more, spend more time indoors. However, modern life expects us to keep up with work schedules and obligations, regardless of how cold or dark it is. So winter is said to be a time when the dark goddess reigns. This is the waning part of the year and when Yule comes around, the birth of the sun comes again. During ancient times, people prepared for long, harsh winters by storing their reserves and resting. In this period, the dark goddess is said to call us to take a break from everything. It's a time when we can reap that which we have sown through the harvest festivals, a time to turn inward and rest. The time just ahead of Yule is a quiet time of rest, reflection and getting ready for the long haul ahead. However you celebrate this Yuletide and winter season, be sure to honour your cyclic rhythms and, if you work with a dark goddess, what she calls to you. Make space and time for yourself. So when Yule arrives, we begin a whole new solar year and from that day the sun will grow and it will reach its peak at the summer solstice. It's that new promise at Yule of beginnings soon to happen. So this dark phase of the year gives us time to reflect and contemplate that which we want to give birth to in the upcoming months after Yule. It's a time to rest up and also celebrate, but we can certainly give thought to that which we wish to do next year. So some winter goddesses that you might want to learn more about or decide to work with. You've got Skadi or Skarthi, and that's a Norse goddess. Holda, also known as Frau Hole, Norse Germanic goddess. Demeter, Greek goddess. You have Morena, also known as Mazana, a Slavic goddess. Thrigga, the Norse goddess. Kalich Burr, or known as Bera, a Celtic Scottish goddess. And Kion, which is a Greek goddess. 
In myth and legend, it is said that upon the howling winds of winter rides a supernatural hunting party infamous throughout Northern Europe. The wild hunt or raging horde descends in the depths of winter, claiming souls who are foolish enough to be outdoors to join their chilling host, whilst the magically adept will join willingly. Odin and Woden were said to lead this procession upon his eight-legged horse, Slepnir, flogged by Valkyries and the souls of fallen warriors heralding the change of seasons and personifying the wild and dark side of nature. It's another episode of terrible pronunciations. So before we get into Yule, it is said that December 23rd was a day the Druids called the Feast of Potentials. Maybe the theme tune for this day could be Tyler, the creator. What is the lines from that song? I hate to see wasted potential. That shit crushes your spirit. It really does. It crushes your soul. And ain't that the truth and words to live by? This day is a holy day and attributed only to mistletoe, which is the winter's equivalent to oak. On this day, it is said that potentials are like seeds in a fertile soil Anything is possible as long as Will is fiery enough to warm this seed. Yes, I absolutely want to use this day to tap into some of my potential and my future plans. So talking on mistletoe, this was considered sacred by druids as it grew without roots in the ground and they assumed that it must have been planted by the gods. Mistletoe was thought to ban evil spirits and bring good luck and blessings. When warriors met beneath mistletoe, they had to lay down their weapons and call a truce. And this is apparently why it became seen as a sign of peace and goodwill to all. We kiss under the mistletoe apparently because of the goddess Frigga. Her son Balder was shot with an arrow made of mistletoe and Frigga's friends succeeded in conjuring up powers to save the boy. So I don't know if you remember on the Half Witch episode, we discussed her crew. So she had like um, like kitchen house witches as her friends. So Balder survived and Frigga commanded that mistletoe should never be used again to harm Instead, it became a symbol of love by kissing anyone who passed under it. Ancient druids harvested mistletoe from sacred oaks to hang in the doorway of homes to ensure the blessings of the sacred groves and for good luck. So with Yule, the winter solstice upon us, we have already had an episode on Yule before, but there's always a lot more we can delve into for each Sabbath. So the longest night of the year, celebrated on or around December 21st, it is a time for reflection, resolutions and renewal. We celebrate the rebirth of the sun and balance of light and dark. Beginning of the new solar year, ending of the old, the goddess manifests as the great mother and the god is born again as the sun child and continues that never ending cycle of birth. That's if you believe in Wiccan pagan beliefs. So energy flows from endurance to death to rebirth at this time. This is said to be a rebirth of the mind and soul and a time to work on personal alchemy and spiritual paths. Use this time to set new goals or come up with new ideas. Consider your dreams, hopes and projects as we turn to the new season of life ahead. 
Although there is cold ahead, the light is growing and the warmth will follow. So I have an Icelandic Yule story I thought I would talk to you about that the government apparently had to censor as it was so creepy. Iceland would have originally been a rough habitat to have settled in, so it's unsurprising that their folklore isn't all warm and fuzzy. Their first tales of lore are said to be almost as horrific as the original Brothers Grimm fairy tales. During your season, the youngest children would have been told the tale of the Yule Lads. So the Yule Lads' mother was said to be Gryla and they had a demonic Yule cat. During the Yule season, the Yule Lads proud, children unlucky enough to be kidnapped by them will be cooked alive and eaten. Over the years, the Yule Lads story had many changes and they were immortalised in a poem that's apparently still memorised by Icelandic children. However, the original story was banned altogether as it was so terrible. So before the tales of the Yule Lads were written down, they were shared via word of mouth. At one point, he said that there were 82 Yule Lads until a poet wrote this poem that described only 13 of them. According to legend, the Yule Lads would visit children at night in the 13 days leading up to Yule. The purpose of these visits being always malevolent, there were 13 individual Yule Lads and they had unique personalities and names each one would perform a wicked task related to their specific persona. They would often steal food and resources of the children's family that were important to survival. Stekjastor, Giljagua and Stufa were said to steal milk and, and, and farm animals. Askalekia would lick up leftover food from pots Bajugnakrakia stole sausages and Kek Crocker had a hook he would use to steal meat. Herda Skalia would slam doors at night to scare sleeping children and Kurtna Skirkia was said to follow children to steal their candles or lanterns, leaving them in the pitch black dark. The Yule Lads, alongside being menacing, were physically grotesque. They were portrayed as ugly and hag-like in artwork. One had an abnormally huge nose to sniff out food. One was so thin he could slip through cracks and crevices into homes and steal food. The Yule Lads' parents were said to be Gryla and Lepaludi. Gryla, their mother, was the most menacing of the two. In pagan times, Gryla was said to be a troll with hooves for feet and 13 nails. She resided in the mountains and would come down to the towns periodically to seek out bad children. Children she encountered would be placed in a sack and dragged back to her abode in the mountains. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, 
at Plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Where she would then boil them alive and eat them in a stew. Gryla and Lepaludi had a pet cat who didn't discriminate between the good or bad children. This cat would stalk and eat whomever because its food source was people alone. If a child received a new item of clothing, this gave them immunity to the Yule cat. It's said that this might have encouraged children to be grateful receiving jumpers as presents. So in terms of origins, the Yule lads were said to be from another dimension that exists side by side along our own. They would be invisible until the run up to Yule. Other stories suggest the Yule lads were the children of Eve that she hid from God. The boys were said to be banished to another world after God discovered them and another source believes that they were fallen angels. In modern Iceland, it is said that children now leave shoes out for the Yule lads. Good children will receive toys and candy and bad children receive a raw potato. So they made the transition from demonic child-eating monsters to ones that at their worst will stick a root vegetable in your shoe. Lads that would have stolen milk now politely request you leave them out a glass of milk and instead of stealing your food, they might just lick one of your spoons. This change came due to the popularity of good old Santa Claus. As he became more popular, the Yule lads morphed to become less frightening and their narratives were toned down somewhat. Apparently in 1746, parents were officially banned from telling this story to their children. Overall though, this tale was said to have originally been made terrifying to breed bravery and resilience in children so that they could grow up successfully. So did you know that Santa is said to be the Holly King, also known as the Dark Lord, Old Nick and Father Time, the Sleigh, Solar, Chariot, the Reindeer, the Eight Sabbaths, their horns representing the horned god with the North Pole symbolising the land of the shadows and the dying solar year. The Holly King was said to wear a red robe and holly atop his head. Gifts were said to be given to welcome the Oak King as the sun is reborn, a reminder of the gift of the Holly King who must depart for the Oak King. In the Norse Yule, it was said that a heathen fest would last 12 days with Odin and the wild hunt we mentioned earlier starting the feast. The pagan origins of the Christmas tree were that the tree would be brought in so that the wood spirits would be kept warm in cold winter months. Food and treats were hung on the branches for the spirits to eat. Bells were hung on the limbs to chime when an appreciative spirit was present. And a five-pointed star would represent the five elements placed at the top of the tree. So here are some ways that you could celebrate Yule as a solitary witch. You might wish to sing the sun, sing the sun awake at dawn. The winter solstice is the point of the year where each dawn that follows thereafter will be stronger than the last. The dawn of the day of the solstice will be the weakest of those that went before it. 
So you might wish to lead your song to the sun at dawn for its strength in whatever song or sound that you know. There are plenty of beautiful old solstice chants and songs that you could find from Pinterest or YouTube or even Spotify. So you might wish to burn a sprig of holly on your yule log fire or a simple fire and folklore says that it will burn away your troubles from the past year. Giving or volunteering in any way you can gift to others, be it volunteering at a soup kitchen, leaving some food in a food bank, gifting someone who doesn't expect it. It doesn't have to be financial. It could just be your time, your prayers or your good intentions. You might wish to honour 12 spirits on 12 nights. Beginning on December 20th and through to January 1st, you might want to honour a variety of spirits each night creating your own 12 days of Yule that you could mark through simply lighting 12 candles over the 12 days and speak a short prayer for each that you honour. And last but not least, how about trying some baking like ancestral cookies or cakes and gifting them? You might have an old family recipe for these or one that you might want to start as your own tradition. You could add the recipe to your book of shadows or your grimoire to be passed down. So let's talk all about the Krampus. Let's look into one last terrifying form of law relating to Yule. Krampus, the mythological uh, mythological holiday beast, half goat, half demon, who comes to visit and punish children who have misbehaved throughout the year. He is sometimes known as Grampus too. So Krampus is said to have chains that were said to symbolise the binding of the devil by the church, which he thrashes about to scare people. He also has bell ornaments that you can hear as he walks around and as he gets closer. He is rumoured to carry bells of all different sizes and when you hear them, start to run. A hairy creature, brown or black with goat horns, hooves, fangs, the face and hands of a man, but a long pointy tongue. So Krampus is said to be the evil twist of St. Nicholas, with St. Nick being the good angel and Krampus the bad. Krampus's origins date back to Alpine folklore. So the Alpine regions it entered into were a sort of folk Catholicism mingled with indigenous pagan folklore. So dominating the landscape here were ambivalent, often devilish mountain spirits known as the Perchden or Perch, as singular. So people here masqueraded as these figures in rowdy costumed processions that were first mentioned in the 17th century, documents that were held by the church and civil authorities. So these people that masqueraded as these figures were seen as of the peasant class and also renowned for inciting riots that often turned violent. So they were regarded with suspicion by the church and civil authorities. At this point, these celebrations were called Perchtenlauf and it was later transformed into Krampuslauf. So the perched was reshaped as the Krampus and linked to St. Nicholas and the church and civil authority gained some sort of control over the celebrations. 
So the word Krampus is said to come from the German word Krampen, which means claw. Other origins for the Krampus are ter- like traced back to demonic creatures in Greek mythology, pagan rituals, the goddess Percha, Perchta, and Satan himself. Krampus has even moved into other European countries. In other cultures, he is known as Q, awful pronunciation, Necht, Rupreached, Serta, Perchten, Black Peter, Schmutzli, Pelsnickel, and Klaubauf. It is believed that he is the son of the Norse god of the underworld, Hell. It is said that around the 12th century, the Catholic Church tried to vanquish the celebration and tradition of Krampus. And in the early 20th century, Krampus was prohibited by the Austrian fascist government because it was considered a creation of the Social Democrats. However, the tradition was revived with the fall of the government after World War II. So Krampus has already been. He is said to come on the night of December 5th, a night called Krampusnost. (laughs) to punish misbehaving kids, which is said to be the day before St. Nicholas comes, so December 6th, where he rewards good kids by leaving candies in their shoes and for bad kids, leaving birch twigs or in more modern times, carbon in their shoes. So apparently sometimes Krampus tags along with St. Nicholas on December 6th, but Krampus, of course, only wants to go after those bad kids. The legend of Krampus states that during the Christmas holiday season, children who have misbehaved and they will be basically beaten with birch branches or even stuffed into his Krampus sack and hauled off to be tortured at his lair for a year. Although some stories say after a good old torture session, he would just eat them afterwards. So if you did misbehave this year and you're still here, well, you're quite lucky, But you better remember that he sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. And he also goes for adults too. So he has no care for what age you are. And he has a thing for women and children as they are most scared of him, which is something that he is said to love. So it's worth noting that the goat is a symbol of four and became a symbol of yule and customary sacrifice. So this may have had some relevance to the myth of Thor slaughtering his goats, the English names for them apparently being Gattooth or Tangrisnir and Toothgrinder or Tangjoster. These two goats pulled Thor's chariot and provided food every evening by being slaughtered only to be revived the next morning. This is likely linked to the Norse sacrifices and they were known to practice both animal and human sacrifice. This is also linked to Julbok, a Swedish tradition, but one we should perhaps save to read next year. So it'd be very mean for me to leave you on this episode considering all the naughty things you've done this year, hearing the chains and bells of the Krampus in the distance. So before I go, I thought I would lighten the mood and read you A Visit from the Yule Spirits, written by Richard de Angelis. "'Twas the night before Yule, when all crossed the hearth, not a being was stirring, pagan, fairy or beast. Wassail was left out and the altar adorned. 
to rejoice that the Sun King soon would be reborn. The children lay sleeping by the warmth of the hearth, their dreams filled with visions of beloved Mother Earth. Milady and I, beneath blankets piled deep, had just settled down to our own solstice sleep. Then a noise in the night that would leave us no peace awakened us both to the honking of geese. Eager to see such a boisterous flock, when we raced to the window, our mouths dropped in shock. On the west wind flew a gaggle of geese, white and grey, with Frau Holder behind them in her gift-laden dray. The figure on her broomstick in the north sky made it clear La Bafana was approaching to bestow Yuletide cheer. From the south came a comet more bright than the moon, and we knew that Lucia would be with us soon. As these spirits sailed earthward over hilltops and trees, Frau Holder serenaded her feathery steeds. Fly Isolde, fly Tristan, fly Odin and Freya, fly Morgane, fly Merlin, fly Uranus and Gaia. May the god and the goddess inside you store from the clouds in the heavens to yon cottage door. As soft and silent as snowflakes they fell, their arrival announced by a faint chiming bell. They landed like angels, their bodies aglow, their feet left no marks in the new fallen snow. Before we could ponder what lay next in store, there came a slow creaking from our threshold door. We crept from our bedroom and were spellbound to see. There in our parlour stood the Yule Trinity. Lucia the maiden with her head wreathed in flame, shone with the radiance for which she was named. The Lightbringer's eyes held the joy of a child and she spoke with a voice that was gentle yet wild. May the warmth of this household never fade away. Then she lit our Yule log, which still burns to this day. Frau Holder in her down cloak stood regal and tall, the matron of solstice, the mother of all. Under her gaze we felt safe and secure. Her voice was commanding yet almost demure. May the love of this family enrich young and old and from the folds of her cloak showered coins of pure gold. Libafana wore a kerchief on her silvery hair, the veil of the crone who has secrets to share. In her eyes gleamed a wisdom only gained by spent youth. Her voice was a whisper, but her words rung with truth. May health, glad tidings and peace fill these rooms. And she banished misfortune with a sweep of her broom. They then left a gift by each sleeping child's head, took a drink of the wassail and away they sped. While we watched them fly through the night sky, we laughed at the wondrous magic we had found in the craft. As they departed, the spirits decreed, I'm getting a bit emotional. <laughs> Merry all to you all and may all blessed be. Oh my goodness, like this time of year makes me a bit emotional. So I just want to end this. I'm feeling all warm and fuzzy and yeah, in the in the festive zone. I just want to say to you all, have a beautiful your Christmas, winter solstice, however you celebrate it. Um, just a little bit of news for you. If you would like to come over and join me on Monday, 21st of December for the winter solstice, there will be an Instagram live with me and my very good friend, Nat, my business partner. We are launching a new, like a new 
online sacred space. So we are having an Instagram live to talk all about the age of Aquarius. So this huge dawning that's taking place. And we have a winter solstice meditation. It's like combined with the whole dawning of the age of Aquarius. So it's going to be very, very exciting time very exciting time to be alive so i'd love to see you there you can come over to my instagram page at the white witch company and like i say that's monday 21st of december at 5 45 p.m that's obviously greenwich meridian time we will have a recording that you can catch afterwards which explains all about the age of Aquarius and exactly what's going on. So join us on that Instagram live. Like I say, we're discussing the age of Aquarius with a conjunction of Saturn and Jupiter at 6.22 p.m. where we will lead a like a synchronized global meditation, which I believe has been organized by at Global Peace Meditation. And overall, this will all go towards achieving the age of Aquarius. We'll also be revealing our new offering, the High Priestess Temple, and give you the opportunity to join us for a three healing journey into the Cave of Transformation, which is kicking off January the 11th, 2021. So definitely don't miss that. So this is a special event. It's going to be vibration raising, energy activating, spiritually nourishing, intellectually fascinating, but you know, just love to see you all there. So without further ado, let's wrap things up today. Thank you so much for all your reviews, your messages. Over the course of this year, I've been so overwhelmed. I am so grateful because any reviews that you leave means that more people can find the show. If you have left me a review, thank you so much. And if you haven't and you feel called to do so, do so. I'd be so grateful. You can find me on Facebook, The White Witch Company. You can join us over there for the Literary Witches Coven, a monthly book club. We are currently reading Women Who Run With The Wolves. We have our group call beginning of January for that. You can drop me an email, carly at thewhitewitchcompany.co.uk. So tell me what books you want to hear about on the show, topics that you'd like covered. Just give me your feedback, get in contact. Tell me if you tried anything out that you've heard on the show. I would love to hear from you. And again, have a wonderful winter solstice, lovely Yule, Christmas, however you celebrate, lots of witchy love.